In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. Hey everyone, welcome to our first episode of Quality Matters. I am Darcy Chambers here with my husband. I'm Kyle Chambers. We are a husband and wife duo going to talk about, I guess, matters of quality. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll just see what comes up on the show. We have some guests planned and um, this is just kind of our introductory section. So first, I think uh, we'll just have Kyle introduce himself a little bit, tell how he got into this world of quality. <laughs> yeah, so I'm uh, Kyle Chambers. I'm the founder and CEO of uh, Texas Quality Assurance, but that's not really where all of this got started. We'll make a uh, long story short, maybe we'll do another episode on that. But uh, I, when I met uh, Darcy, we were, um, you know, obviously a little bit younger and I was working at Best Buy. And my first uh, real job outside of Best Buy was working for a, a gas turbine repair company and I started out as a computer tech. Real quick, I worked my way out of a job and a few years later, we were going for, uh, I got thrown into the quality, health, safety, environmental world. There's a fun story to that, but that's for another time. And uh, so we, we were trying to get certified to, you know, a uh, few different standards, managing quality, health, safety, environmental compliance. And I simply could not keep up with the, uh, the demands of the job. I was working, I think, over 100 hours a week, one month. And we didn't like that very much. No, no, no. There was a, a fun conversation in the, the kids' game room about that that I remember. And so I decided to put my IT skills to use and started developing uh, software uh, to save time and save energy. So I, I, I could be at home, I could get the job done and you know, take care of the company, take care of the family. And so that was um, 2013 that uh, we, we put the first version of it together. And so... You know, here we are nearly uh, six years later um, talking to you about uh, all sorts of ways that you can save uh, save time and energy with uh, quality management. And uh, we'll be exploring a lot of different fun stories that everyone has and uh, interesting ways that folks have, uh, have managed to get good products and services out the door without uh, breaking the bank or breaking the family. So with that, you know, this podcast, if you guys have ideas for us or have a guest or idea, that you would like to hear on our show, go ahead and let us know, drop us a line. I'm sure Kyle can take care of all those links and things so you can contact us. Um, my history and quality is um, nothing. I, <laughs> I am by trade a teacher. I taught for nine years and I quit teaching when our oldest son was gonna start kindergarten. And that was about the same time that Kyle started dabbling in yeah. this quality stuff. And um, when we had our third baby in 2016, we decided he was gonna quit his job and go for this. And Not so, smart timing, but it's worked out. No, we, we wanted to keep the insurance till we had the baby, so that, <laughs> that's what we did. And um, so then he begged me last year, please, please, I need your help. And so here I sit with him, not really knowing what I'm doing, but helping him. So. <laughs> 
I'm here for those who maybe don't understand everything in the quality world. When he starts talking a little geeky, I'll try to slow him down and slow our guests down and ask some questions because I don't understand what they're talking about. No, and, and this is one thing that I find in my personal consultations and uh, auditing work is a lot of people, when they hear things like ISO 9001 or ISO 14001 or compliance management, they, they freeze or they get really upset because they've been in organizations where it just was not handled well at all. And all those are good reasons to, to be shy about this stuff, but uh, quality management isn't anything new. And that's, um, this has been going on literally thousands of years. We'll, we might chat about that here in a little bit. But quality products and services, this is what we do. This is what makes the world um, go round. Um, so you think about like your average customer like me, I you know, do my grocery shopping at Kroger. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Kroger. <laughs> um, weekly been going there for years. If I get a crummy product, chances are I'm probably not gonna go complain about it. So this isn't what you're talking about isn't for your average retail stores necessarily. It could be, but that's mm-hmm. not who you work with. No, exactly, exactly. But even then with uh, organizations like Kroger, um, we everyone has to meet requirements. And that's really all that quality management comes down to, is someone buys something from you and they expect a certain level of quality. And, and so that's something- Or they expect their money back or for the situation to be rectified to exactly. their satisfaction. Exactly. Um, so these are the type of things we wanna talk about. You know, we'll probably get, uh, as this thing goes on, I'm sure we'll have some technical episodes, um, but that's not the key here. The key is to talk about common sense ways, um, fun stories that other people have gone through to ensure that they're doing their job to the best of their ability and they're getting the best products and services out the door so that they can provide for their company and they can go back home and they can provide for their family. And save time. Oh yeah. While doing it. (laughs) Kyle has talked a number of times about the binders and the papers and the fuller shares on your computer. You know, I guess it started out with the binders and the paperwork, and then computers came around. So people started making folders in their computers. And now, you know, everybody just kind of saves things in different places and nobody knows where everything is. And that's how, you know, when Kyle started this business, my people would say, my friends, my people, (laughs) my friends would say, what's, you know, what's his business? And I was kind of like a deer in headlights. I don't know. And so I would say the simplest way I can explain it is organizing documents. So they're easier to find and easier to get to. And I had a little bit of experience with this. Kyle asked me to go on a second party audit and, um, I got a real good taste of what it's like when you don't know where your stuff is and you can't get there. And I'm not as patient as Kyle on these things, but luckily I managed to keep my mouth shut. So we we didn't lose a customer, but um, you know, I can see where the frustration comes in pretty quickly if you don't have it together. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. It's, um, there's so many aspects of quality management. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that as this thing goes on. That's why I'm super excited about this podcast. This is going to be just such a wonderful, amazing opportunity to share stories with folks to to help them out. You know, I was at uh, our kids' uh, school career day recently, and so it's actually my fifth grader came in came into it. And so we're talking about ten year olds. Oh yeah, ten year olds. Yeah. And so yeah. so the the ten year olds, you know, the, the fifth graders, so they're asking. Uh, about what I do and you know the honest God favorite thing about my job is that I get paid to help people 
so that they can in turn hire more people and, and do better and, and take care of their people better. And that it's just, to me, that's so rewarding and it's so wonderful. And I'm just thrilled to be able to sit here in front of this mic so that over the next months and uh, God willing years, um, we can share those stories with you. Yeah, it's really funny to see Kyle's passion about this quality because to me it just <laughs> makes my head spin and it's a bunch of documents and nonfiction. I don't even know how to describe it, but I'm here to support him and however he needs. So what we want to discuss today is a little article that Kyle came across on uh, online and I guess it's from Newsweek. And people have always had a problem with quality, always looking for a complaint. You know, if you've ever worked in a service-oriented job, you know, like waitressing or Kroger retail, mm -hmm. then you know that people like to complain and they're always looking to get something for nothing. So Kyle came across this Newsweek article about a 3,800-year-old tablet with the world's oldest customer complaint. <laughs> wow. Like I said, this has been going on a long time. Um, so go ahead. Uh, you're better at reading out loud than I am. Give us a few snippets of the article and uh, you know, kind of what we're looking well, at and talking uh, about. Well, from what I gather, there's a man named Nanny who <laughs> had, I guess, ordered some copper ingots. I don't know what ingots are. What are ingots? Do you know? Uh, yeah, they're uh, basically uh, kind of raw... Uh, pieces of metal that uh, kind of loosely refined. Okay, of course Kyle knows what they are. So <laughs> he had gotten some copper ingots and from the article it looks like he has previously gotten copper ingots from this merchant E. Nasir. <laughs> um, but this time they weren't up to his, to Nanny's specifications. They weren't good enough quality. Um, so he wrote out, you might think it's just a little complaint that says, hey, these aren't good enough. But it's a good, you know, two or three paragraph complaint about why these aren't good enough. And the article even makes mention, it has a picture of the tablet. I'm sure Kyle can post a link of the, um, of the article so you guys can see a picture of the tablet. But, you know, it says in the article that the fact that Nanny took time to strike this out on a tablet tells you <laughs> how mad he is. I mean, I don't even like to handwrite things. I prefer to sit down and type it, but he had to get like a little hammer and a chisel and chisel this out on a tablet. And it's a pretty lengthy little complaint. Yeah. Um, so he's a, uh, this is all common language that kind of you hear with customer complaints. Um, at one point he says, you know, what, this is a nanny talking. What do you take me for uh, that you treat me like somebody with so much contempt? Um, I've sent messengers and all these people to collect money from you. and The money that he deposited yes. because the copper ingots were not quality enough. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it seems like he's sent them back and forth, you know, and this is, you guys got to remember, it's not just an email back and forth or yeah. a phone call back and forth. And not only are they traveling back and forth, they're traveling through enemy territory. <laughs> Nanny makes note of that in his tablet. I'm sending them through enemy territory to get my deposit back. Yeah, and this was uh, this wasn't any small order. This was uh, looks like they said a thousand and eighty pounds of uh, copper. And no, so, I think that's what he had previously gotten okay. from them. Okay, sorry. I missed, so it tells that. you he's a pretty good customer. Yeah. And so all of this is typical quality management. Uh, a lot of people don't think about things like this as quality management. Um, but one of the things with the with quality is the the only reason you do anything in business 
is because somebody else needs your product or they need your service. So you always start with the customer at the front and you wind up providing it to the customer and that's the back of your process. Everything in between supports those inputs and outputs of your process. Um, and the fact that we have written record from 3,800 years ago on a clay tablet is uh, just testament to how how much of an issue this is, not for our, not just our modern world, um, but, but for the way we've interacted for millennia. Yeah, I guess the merchant didn't really need Nanny's business too much because that's how his complaint starts out. Nanny's complaint starts out and says uh, that the merchants that told the messengers, if you want them, take them. If you don't, go away. Yeah. So the merchant really just said, I don't care what you think. You know, I've got your money. You can take what I've given you or you can not. And you can go away. And I guess Nanny kept on sending his messengers waiting on <laughs> on this merchant to change his mind. And he didn't. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because Nanny says the kind of the same kind of stuff that, you know, you still hear today mm -hmm. and the customer mm -hmm. complains. And he says, you know, nobody else treats me this way. No yep. other merchant treats me. And I've already done this much business with you. And how do you treat me like this? And it's funny because just last night, Kyle and I were reading some funny uh, customer complaints, complaints. That, yeah. that, you know, an article I came across on Facebook or who knows where it was. But um, and it was the same kind of stuff. I've already done this much business with you. And how dare you treat me this way? And so finally, I think at the end of the little tablet, he mm -hmm. says... Um, I'll go ahead and take them, the ones of not fine quality, and I'll put them in my yard, I think he says. Yeah. <laughs> and he ends it with saying, I shall exercise against you my right of rejection because you have treated me with contempt. So again, we're back to the typical customer complaint, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. I won't come see you anymore. Right. Yeah. So th this is all just really fascinating, especially, and I, I don't want to go be too much of a history geek, but this is a really interesting uh, time in the world. These were some of the first written laws, uh, first, you know, really structured cities and structured organizations. And so the moment that this structure enters into our society, uh, you know, we, we, we expect to get what we pay for. And it's not a silly concept, but delivering that can be incredibly difficult. Um, and I have no idea. I doubt uh, that this uh, gentleman making the uh, copper ingots, he may have had stacks of uh, clay tablets with work instructions on them, or it may have just been, <laughs> you know, how that was. You but, think he um, had his own QMS back then? Yeah, you never know. You never know. Um, that could be a little interesting to look at if it was ever found. But um, now today, uh, we, have, we have the exact same uh, exact same processes going on there. There's really, um, at the heart of it, nothing nothing different. But as you see here, it's not always easy to, to do what you say you're going to do. And, and that's my personal definition of quality. And every, um, every quality manager and quality engineer and expert in history has had their own specific definition of quality. Um, so I'm not claiming mine's better than anyone else's. But for me, it is to say what you're going to do and then repeatedly do it uh, with assurance that it'll, it'll be the same each time. So it's kind of like a science experiment. You got to be able to repeat the experiment oh, yeah. and get the same results for it to be accurate. No, absolutely, absolutely. And now I know why you like it so much. You're a science geek. Yes, maybe, <laughs> maybe so. Yeah, uh, something about quality it just uh, really uh, drew me in. And uh, you know, this is kind of stepping back from the article for a minute. 
But, you know, even in my days working at a Best Buy, trying to work through college, um, my first six months there, I wrote, I think, like a 40-page long manual on how to use their internal systems and how to get what you need from the service centers because, you know, they didn't have it documented for us to find or if they did, it was But how many people read that manual at Best Buy? That is the reason I got that first full-time job because the folks at the spring store when they were opening it up found out that I had that manual and they wanted me to come train their people and that's how I got my first full-time job. So I just, I think I see it differently in a retail situation. I don't think a lot of people really put a lot of emphasis on the manual, but when you're talking about, you know, a manufacturing Mm -hmm. plant or something along those lines, especially if they have one major customer that keeps them in business, you know, looking at this Newsweek article, obviously our merchant, Nasir, or Mm -hmm. however you say his name, he didn't, he wasn't dependent upon Nanny's, you know, money, Mm -hmm. um, So, you know, you look at these big manufacturing plants that you work with that Mm -hmm. are dependent upon a couple of really big companies, Mm -hmm. they need to follow their quality manual. They, because if they mess up on one lot of something going out to their customer, Mm -hmm. then they could lose that customer, which in turn could lose their business. Oh yeah, no, it's a a huge issue, especially once you start tabulating uh, rework and uh, missing your delivery dates. I mean, yes, your customer can, can be satisfied sometimes with a uh, maybe a little bit late delivery date, especially if it's not a critical product. Okay, I kind of want to stop you right there. I think that's something we're going to discuss in a, another podcast. Mm-hmm. Is you know something that we hear a lot when we're trying to sell our software um, is oh we don't have money for that right now. Yep. We don't have money for that software right now. Mm-hmm. And I, you know I got to got to do a little plug. We're pretty reasonably priced in our software because <laughs> Kyle's just True. so, he's very passionate about yes. it and he just wants to help your company. Absolutely. But aside from that, you've really got to, if you dig in and weigh the costs of what Kyle was saying, the rework and the missed delivery dates and, you know, it's not just like, oh, I've wasted this product. It's all mm-hmm. the labor involved and, you know, trying to redesign and remake it mm-hmm. and did that work? I don't know. Plus the wasted product. Um, and it sounds like that's exactly what this uh, NS here was trying to avoid was uh, was any rework, remanufacture of his process. I mean, it absolutely could have been resmelted and remelted down, but he didn't want to go through the uh, hassle and effort for it. And, and that's the same in, in so many uh, organizations today. And that's part of what uh, what we check for uh, with when we do internal audits is we want to take a look at your own internal defect record, which for some people that means you have to track your own internal defects. Um, but And that in itself can be a challenge. But uh, when you do these things, it's just amazing the opportunities you create for yourself to improve. And it is amazing the, uh, the those customer relationships that Darcy's talking about that you can really create and really foster because if they know that they're gonna get the exact same product, the exact same service, the exact same level from you every single time, that's immensely valuable. Exactly, so that's what we're shooting for here. But um, today we just wanna let you know if you've had a customer complaint, you're not alone as I'm sure you already (laughs) knew and it's been around for uh, at least 3,800 years that we know of probably longer than that (laughs) so I guess this is it for our first podcast I guess so Kyle's gonna put the link below to the article I really hope that you guys will go and look at this tablet because it's pretty funny to (laughs) consider it really is it's a lot of time he took chiseling this out (laughs)
Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting. Um, so with that, we hope you have a, uh, a great day and find time uh, today to save time and energy for what matters most. Light is red, timer's ticking. Oh, I didn't start my stopwatch. We're recording. Well, it shows me here, too. We're at 9 seconds in, 10 seconds in, 11 seconds in, 12 seconds 